You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you are here. Thank you for taking the time to join us. On today's podcast, we're going to be addressing a question that I get from a lot of members of TTD 365. We talk so much about growing in our own walk with the Lord and allowing that growth to naturally overflow into our relationship and discipling efforts with our children. And us girls seem to find a lot of ways to connect with others and grow in community. That seems a lot harder to come by for our husbands, though, doesn't it? I've had several conversations with our guests today over the last couple of years that has made me so much more aware of how guys converse and grow together. It's been so insightful for me in my relationship with David and with my boys that I wanted him to join us today so you can hear it as well. Mark Hancock began his career founding a national advertising agency and running it for 15 years. His conversion to Christ led him into ministry as a youth and college pastor, an associate pastor, homeless ministry director, and a global event director for an international ministry, organizing events on five continents. He holds two master's degrees in the mental health counseling field, having spent a number of years in private practice, and he's taught at secular and Christian colleges alike. He's an author, an award-winning writer and conference speaker, and now he serves as chief executive officer of Trail Life USA. Mark has so much insight to share with us on this topic of men and boys growing in their faith, and I'm excited for you to hear him. The Teach Them Diligently podcast is made possible in large part by the support of our sponsors. We're grateful for like-minded organizations who are committed to serving homeschool families by partnering with us through the year. Today's episode is brought to you by Trail Life USA. Trail Life is where men and boys thrive. With more than 40,000 members and nearly 900 troops across all 50 states, Homeschool moms and dads are discovering the power of outdoor adventure and badge-based education to encourage boys, nurture faith, and awaken a love for learning. Unshackled from the classroom, dads and boys come to life in an environment where faith and understanding grow naturally. Men love the intentional discipleship time carved out with their sons, as together they plan, work, serve, learn, and experience adventure together. Relationships grow. Faith becomes real. Leadership is learned, and boys grow to become biblically bold, courageous servant leaders of faith and character. Learn more at traillifeusa.com forward slash TTD. Again, that's traillifeusa.com forward slash TTD. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. Leslie, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me back. Well, you are welcome. I, I hope you'll excuse my voice. It's a little gravelly today. So I'll just let you do the talking and it'll be so much better anyway. Well, that's nice of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I talk, I was telling you before, I talked to a lot of moms who, as we're discussing growing in our own faith and growing together and how God created us to live in community and grow to be more like him and so on, and how that naturally overflows into our relationship with our kids, that they a lot of times will, it's very easy for us girls to connect in that way. 
the churches tend to have ways for us to Bible studies and this, that, and the other. But our husbands, our guys have a much harder time connecting that way. Have you found that to be true? Yeah, it is true. And, you know, we talk a lot about boys and we know that boys and girls are different, but the truth is men and women are different too. And that's a, that's a controversial thing to say in the culture today, <laughs> but it's true. There's so many things that are, that are different about men and women. It doesn't make one weaker or stronger than the other. It just means that they're different, that they have, they have different ways that they learn, different ways they interact, different ways that they function. And those are actually strengths. And when we recognize the strengths that, 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 that we each carry, and that's what makes up this magical thing called a marriage that that also mm. develops health, healthy families. So it's interesting, you know, once I, was, I think you said in the introduction I was a marriage and family therapist and, and mental health counselor. So I've sat before a, a lot of couples and uh, there's certain things that, that you discover in that environment that confirm the differences between men and women and how we value things, how we hear things, how we see things, how we respond to things, how we open up to things. Um, just little things like, uh, you know, uh, women are are physically modest and men are emotionally modest. So just having that understanding and saying, OK, well, I can't expect my wife to be just free with me <laughs> in the middle of the mall, you know, and in the same way, uh, the, the wife can then say, well, I can't expect my husband to immediately open up to me emotionally because that's difficult for him in the same way it would be difficult for me to be, you know, uh, immodest um, because that's what's going on with him. Most just little things like that that you begin to recognize like, wow, OK, uh, so I need to understand that my wife is is can be physically modest and and the wife needs to say, well, I understand my husband can be emotionally modest. So my my efforts to convince him that he's got to t share his heart with me, that he's got to tell me his feelings are like if he was standing in the middle of the mall with me saying, come on, honey, <laughs> you know, show, show a little <laughs> shoulder, whatever, you know. Uh, so when we understand the sorts of things, then we can begin to appreciate uh, the differences in each other. Well, it's, and I've learned so much from, actually from our conversations with you guys at Trail Life about the differences, things that we take for granted or we may kind of see, but we don't know how to pinpoint what it is. Yeah. So you know, that, that insight about marriage that you just gave was fascinating, but can you also give us a little bit of insight about how men communicate with one another, how they grow? What does, what does a guy's friendship, a guy's relationship look like? Wow. They're, they're rare and, but they're, and they're extremely valuable. Um, mm. You can sit in a restaurant and you can watch two women communicating at the table and they're talking at the same time. Um, and there's and there uh, there's the eye contact. There's complete focus. There's there's emotional uh, mirroring going on. Uh, all that because mm -hmm. women uh, ha have that more naturally than, than men. Um, and so for men, that's that kind of stuff is is more difficult. I remember in the '80s they had this movement where it was the accountability movement, and as as uh, Christian men, we were challenged, you know, find a man to go have coffee with once a week and sit across the table and pour out your, your heart to him. It was like, oh, man, shoot me down. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just that's just difficult. It's harder for us to do that that face to face. Um, men connect more side to side. So mm -hmm. that's why in trail life, two men uh, hiking along a trail with a group of boys, they'll be they're more easily share what's going on with them 
than they will face to face over a cup of coffee or sitting around a fire where you're focused on the fire and you can't, uh, you know, you're not looking at each other's faces. You're working. You're all looking at the fire. It's amazing what men will say around a campfire together after the boys bend down. They'll talk about their marriages. They'll talk about their job. They'll talk about things that they're worried about. They'll share those kind of things because it just uh, that that vulnerability is just is just a little bit a little bit too too much for us. You know, girls naturally have uh, you know so uh, these, these sorts of emotional clashes. Some of it is brain science. Um, where left and right right brain are connected more in, in girls and, and women than they are in men. And so girls and women are able to connect facts and emotions a lot more easily because those, those pathways are still there. When testosterone fl floods the baby's body in the womb, and it, uh, those connections are, 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 are cut. So, so boys are, don't mm. naturally have the connection between left and right brain, which is why, mm. you know, maybe you and David have, have had you know, some words with each other at some time, maybe, or maybe you've got the perfect marriage. But you know, David <laughs> Maybe, been, maybe we do. <laughs> David may have been surprised to say, oh my gosh, you're talking about emotions. I thought we were talking mm. about facts, you know? And uh, so for us, it's harder to go back and forth between those things. It's not that your husband is brain dead. It's just that he's brain divided. And, mm. and so we kind of need those, we kind of need that, that help a little bit to know, Hey, I'm talking about, I'm talking about feelings right now. Don't take everything that I'm saying as a fact, because I'm emotionally charged right now. And therefore it's going to sound bigger than it is, but I need you to hear what's behind the emotion and not necessarily correct me because, uh, because I said the house was on fire. Maybe I didn't mean that literally, you know? <laughs> um, so those sorts of things are just different between us. And when we begin to appreciate those differences and use language and interact in such a way that, that, that understands those differences and it's, it's much more, even things like depression, you know, since two, 2019, uh, depression has increased over 300, almost 300%. That's crazy. Depression in our, in our society, Yeah. And, you know, four out of five suicides are, are men. And so it's it's more difficult for us to encounter the stuff uh, that's going on in the society that's really raising the emotions if we don't know how to manage manage them. And uh, so that that I don't want to say it's a weakness because there's some real strength to having somebody who's not moved by emotions, uh, you know, at a particular time. You know, right. I've, I've got to run into that burning house. You know. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go do it because it's the right thing to do and it needs to be done. I'm not going to be mm. slowed up by emotions. And so, so there's, there's some strengths in that. So we don't want to say men are just defective and, and we can't use them. We need to say, no, they, there are certain advantages to this. And so in depression, we're women, I, I'm talking a lot because you've given me permission to, <laughs> but yes, <yeah>. please. <laughs> In depression, uh, women uh, respond much better to understanding how loved they are. And this is true mm -hmm. in marriages also. Women have women respond much better to understanding, to really feeling in a deep way how loved they are. Men respond and come out of depression much more easily when they understand how powerful they are. They mm -hmm. need to know that they can do something about that. So even when you're dealing with your son who uh, loses in a soccer game, you know, I, we may be tempted to bring this aside, but I still love you. You know, Jesus still loves you. 
you know, your sister still loves you. It's like, I lost, you know? And so, so the stakes yeah. with, with our sons are more like, you know what, you know, you know what we're going to do this week, we're going to spend extra time practicing and we're going to work on that corner kick and we're going to run this and this and this. And, and the next time you play, you're going to nail that. You're going to be a lot better at that. Mm -hmm. And you may not win. That's not what's important because we're, we're, we're going to, we're, we're going to take charges. And now the boy's feeling, wow, I can do something about losing. And so you're not keeping him in that sadness. And he just walks away saying, well, everybody loves me and butterflies and everything rainbows. But he walks away saying, wow, there's something that I can do. And that lifts men and that lifts boys out of that, out of that depression because they understand there's something they can do about it. Men are wired, you know, from, from Genesis in the beginning, the fivefold man mandate, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, have dominion. That's what men were charged with at the beginning. And so that's why we see, you know, we refer to the, the greatest generation of these guys in World War II. They had a mission. They had, they were, they were, uh, empowered to go out and fight for our freedoms and fight for the mm -hmm. families. So they had purpose, they had mission, they had all those things going for them. If they had been emotionally bound, they would have said, honey, I'm just going to stay home with you. And we're going to curl up in bed and see if the Nazis come get us, you know, no, but they didn't, they, they had, they had the, the ability to go out because they were empowered to go do something about our freedoms. And mm -hmm. then they came back from World War II and that greatest generation uh, that was willing to give its life their lives out there, then began to give their lives at work. And so they, they found purpose again. We went through the whole generation of men uh, who were giving their lives. Now they were sacrificing at home. They were working long hours, right. they were having heart attacks, stress, high blood pressure, all those things that come along with that lifestyle. But they did it willingly and they did it with purpose. They said, yes, I'm working hard because I am providing for my family. So the bullets were different but they were still giving their yeah. life for something that was important. So that's why they, that's one of the reasons that was the greatest generation is because they had purpose and they're willing to give their mm -hmm. lives for something. In our culture today, we've kind of taken that away and we've so mixed up masculinity that men don't know what their purpose is anymore. And they're stripped of a lot of those kind of drives, which is why we now have more young men living at home than have been, than have ever lived at home since they started counting that wow. in 1960 because they've lost their sense of purpose. It's a, they call it the failure mm. to launch because they go out there and they discover uh, they're really, there's really not anything to do other than, than go to work and come home, but they're not, they're not connecting the purposefulness because their wife is out there doing it too. And she may even be making more money. And now there's more women going to college, more women getting master's degrees, doctoral degrees than men because they're being inspired and encouraged our culture to go out and go for it. And men, not so much. That wow. toxic masculinity brush has encouraged men to kind of back off and not to charge after anything too hard because then you're aggressive and you're assertive. And, and we're forgetting that that aggressiveness in proper context is why we went to the moon. It's how we cross oceans. Mm -hmm. It's how we, uh, go in and free a free free uh, a, a generation from tyranny. You know, we, we do that because we do have that that in us, our aggressive assertiveness, but because that's being discounted in our culture, men are just kind of lost. Now, I've given you a lot to respond to there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, one you. of the things that one of the, one of the things that I was thinking as you were talking is. 
we just don't discuss the differences. We don't discuss how God in his wisdom created us differently. God gave me a nurturing, loving, emotional side. David is is solid and and stand up and you know, he is able to lead us non-emotionally like you noted. And we don't discuss how that the wisdom of that that God did and how that works together so beautifully. And you laid that out so nicely. But even as you were talking, I was like, are you listening, everybody? Are you listening? The ways that you're different is so good. You can't try to make your husband or your wife be just like you. It doesn't work that way. But the same thing, you can't make your boys and your girls be the same. I, actually, as you were talking about the, the troop leaders talking side by side at the fire or on the hike, I was thinking, you know, David and I will a lot of times go out hiking and we actually have a lot of our best conversations side by side like that. And it's just, I guess, because it is in his wheelhouse, it's the way that he's most comfortable opening up with yeah. the boys. I have found for years that if we take a drive where we're out, we're not looking at each other, we're just talking, I get so much more insight into their hearts in those times. And yeah. so hearing you talk, I'm like, wow, there's there's actual reason for this. It's not just a fluke. Yeah, no, it's it's not a fluke. And if you keep in mind that modesty thing that I said, um, uh, you know, along the way, one of the scariest things husbands would tell me in, in marriage therapies is when the wife would come and say, "Can we talk?" It's like <laughs> he's already got his walls up, his defenses up, because it's likely not that she's going to say, "I just want to tell you how wonderful you are." I mean, that just <laughs> she's ready to talk because she just had it up to here and she's looking for a connection. She's wanting an emotional connection and she's actually willing to fight in order to get it because at least there's emotion going on. So, so as, as couples and as men and women, if, 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 if we can, as men work, work at, uh, work on, on our emotional modesty and, and, uh, and our, and our wives, uh, recognize that. Um, then, then we're, we're setting, we're setting ourselves up for success because that connection is vital. You know, an emotional connection between mm. a husband and wife is, is critical. And one of the saddest things, uh, of, of the, of, of COVID is that, uh, you know, by, this is a definition I use for joy that I've heard for joy and that I've been using my own life is that joy is the deep knowing that someone is, uh, glad to be with you no matter what. Mm. And joy is critical to, I mean, we have to have joy that sustains us, there's energy in that. Um, but the, the primary way that we get joy, and this is proved in science, is from somebody else's face. And hmm. as much as I'm enjoying this video interaction, it really isn't the same as being in person. It, right. it, it just isn't. We, we, there is an element of being able to uh, harvest joy from somebody's smiling face, but there's nothing like in person. And uh, so where the wife's saying, I, I just want you face to face. What she's saying is I need, I need to harvest some joy. I need to know that you're glad to be with me, no matter what, even if I'm a wreck right now, I need to know that you're, you're glad to be with me and that you're present here with me, that you're along with me. And that brings joy and satisfaction. And the reverse is true too. It's just, it's just uh, harder for men. I'm not making an excuse for them. I'm just saying that's the way 
that's the way that, that we're right. wired. And that face-to-face -face interaction um, can be a little, can be more threatening um, because in working with husbands and wives, it's very rare. Uh, I shouldn't say it's very rare. It's not as common for a husband to say, can we sit down and talk? I'd like to talk to you about something that's mm -hmm. really been bothering me. I mean, no, he just carries that bother. Um, and I'm speaking, right. in, I'm speaking in general terms, but across the board, it's more likely that the wife is going to be asking for that, that interaction. So as men get more and more practice with face-to-face -face and the value of harvesting joy from somebody else's face, um, that's happy to be with them. Um, and they, they get that with friends, they get that at other community, they get that with their wives, get that with the children, they, they get that everywhere. There's some real power in that. You know, when you walk in a room and you don't know anybody, you're searching that room for somebody who is happy to see you. And, hmm. and you're, you're drawn to that, you know, because that's true. You know, the, the fifth grader turning around this cafeteria tray and facing that cafeteria, he's looking for somebody or she is looking for somebody who is focused on them and communicating through their face, I'm glad to be with you. That's what we're looking for all the time. And in this virtual world that we've become accustomed to, we're seeing less and less joy in person. And because of that, we're seeing these kind of, I believe because of that, we're seeing this kind of depression numbers going up. Nobody's really, I'm not hearing people really put together that that's what we've lost is the ability to right. harvest from the face of somebody else. Even people at work or people that you spend time with, family, all those, all those connections were, were, were cut. And like I said, there's some value in the virtual, but it's not like being in person. So in this yeah. particular culture right now, we do need to be making efforts to seek out opportunities to be face to face. You know, I, I met with David mm -hmm. yesterday and it was so nice to have him here in my office and in that chair right over there. And as because we were able to connect <laughs> The face, and I really, I really enjoy David. He's he's uh, he's he's a friend. I mean, we just don't have this business relationship. You know, I just yeah. consider him a friend, and we talk about all kinds of things. We talk about our families, you know, our kids because we we're, we got kids in the same age range pretty much, and uh, mm. so that connection brought joy to me because I really got the sense that mm. he's happy to be with me. You know, he's not just here because he's got to get a contract signed for Trail Life. He's here because he's happy to be with me, and that. Yeah. Uh, that is something that that we've missed. And so I would encourage couples to look for those opportunities to create those face to face encounters uh, with people mm -hmm. that you're glad to be with. And you can say no to people you're not glad to be with. This is a shock to some people, particularly moms. You can actually say, you know what? I don't harvest joy from that relationship. And I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like I need some joy right now. And so I want to be with people mm -hmm. that I want to be with. So I'm going to say no. And, and to, to, to take that power back to say, I can actually say, no, I don't harvest joy or in that relationship, I'm just always giving. And, you know, hmm. you know, unless God has called you to say, you've got to be there for that, for that person, uh, uh, then you really need to ponder, you know, has he called me to pour into this, what could be a, you know, a bottomless pit you know, my energy and my emotion and my care. And we have to make, make good choices about, about who it is we're spending time. Has God called us to those interactions? Because we're failing mm. in the area of harvesting joy. And, and because of that, we're experiencing yeah. depression, problems with marriages and those sorts of things. So we got to help each other to harvest joy. That's, there's a lot there too. So. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. And, 
and recognizing that when you are investing in people that from whom you don't harvest joy, the ones that just kind of suck the life out of you, like you were noting, um, that is removing from you the ability to invest that joy, that that life that you have in other people. So it's really, really important to kind of keep your mission, keep what is best in mind and make decisions with all these relationships ba based on that. We talk about that all the time because we're talking about raising godly boys. And right. Can't raise godly boys without godly men. And so one of the best kept secrets of Trail Life is we're really a ministry to men because we need those godly men in place. That's what creates godly boys. And those godly men have to be, they have to come with their joy tanks full because they mm. can't come with the intention of, of, of harvesting joy from these boys if they're not going to give them any. So those kind of healthier environments where men are interacting with each other. They're harvesting joy from each other. And this harvesting joy is something I came up with, but harvesting joy from each other. They're around people who, who have helped them uh, feel joyful. Maybe they spent a day at work with people that they don't like, but they've, they, they're, they're aware of their own uh, joy tank where they say, you know, my, my joy tank is, mm. is just not really full right now. Maybe there's not other people around. My wife and I live at, uh, at the end of a, a road on a peninsula and there's nobody around. And so there's sometimes when she's gone for the day or she's away or whatever, or I'm traveling or whatever, we're by ourselves. I don't have her to harvest joy from. And I pretty much count on her because mm. she's always glad to see me, which I love. Um, and so, mm -hmm. so at those points, I, I have to go to the Lord. I don't have to. I, I go to the Lord and, and, and he's always present and we can harvest joy from our, you know, his face is, is right before us. So he's always mm. present. So if we're feeling like we're lacking in joy, that means we're not bringing our best to our wives, to our families, to anybody, we get alone and we find that way to harvest joy from that, the, the, the present, from God's face. And uh, that kind of fills, fills our tank up and, and lets us go out and, and, and be with the people we need to be with. Yeah. One of the things that I've been so encouraged as I've learned more and more about trail life and talked to you and even listen to your video that ran at teach them diligently this year, is the testimonies from the men whose lives have been so incredibly positively impacted by their association, their work with trail life and how with so many of them, the thought was that they're going to invest in the boys to, to raise godly boys, which I want to talk about here in just a second. Um, but really the Lord is doing a mighty work in the hearts of these men. And that is, that is, so important for for revival to take place in our families for for God to do the work that he is he is just you know he is apt to do we need our men to be strong and strong in their faith strong on in their footing and trail life is doing a phenomenal job of preparing men and boys in that way yeah and it, and it happens it's a byproduct of men spending time with men and hmm eating off of each other and being there for each other and understanding themselves better through uh, by spending time in the company of men in, in an environment that isn't pressured. Um, so like somebody's sticking a finger in their face and saying, you need to do this better. They're watching other dads with their sons. They're watching other men interact with men. And by osmosis almost are saying, wow, I think I'd like to see that in me too. So they're raising, mm. they're raising each other up to the examples that they're setting, not just for the boys, but the examples are setting for each other. Many stories of men sitting around a campfire and the boys bed down. And one guy would say to another guy, hey, I saw you interacting with your son today. How did you get that relationship with him 
because I'd like to be wow. able to have that relationship with my son. And then we all, of course, have a lot of fatherless boys or organization. These men have stepped up to be dad likes to help those boys. And you just watch the example of these men as they're living this life in front of each other. Uh, their focus isn't themselves. Uh, so it's, it's selfless to some extent. It has value. Like I said, it's kind of like going to war. It's not not quite the threat of that, but it has value because they're raising the next generation. They're, they're doing something purposeful. They're doing something eternal. They're doing something that's going to create a legacy. These boys will talk about them long after they're gone. They'll talk about their, uh, their true master, the man who took them on a hike or man who taught them this or that. Hmm. So these men are creating a legacy. So it's full of purpose, which is important for men. It's in a masculine environment, uh, which is important for men. There's not the threat of, you may not be aware of this, Leslie, but when a woman walks into a room full of men, things change. <laughs> and I imagine the reverse. Oh, really? Yeah, they do. And so they're in this company of men, which is powerful for boys. Hmm. And my wife tells a story. Uh, we came home from a week long camp, me and my two sons, and we were out on the porch. And uh, if, if we've gone for a week, we're not allowed inside the house. We got to strip on the porch and get hosed off, you know, before you <laughs> And she says, that's a good you know, call right there. <laughs> yeah. She says, you know, you're, you're, um, you're, you're dirty. You're smelly. And she turned to my mm -hmm. sons and she said, and you're taller. And I thought, yeah. boy, that is, that is true. Boys on a week or weekend with men, their spines are straightened. And they begin wow. to get a sense of who it is that they are and they stand taller. And that's just a powerful thing. So we put men in these environments where there's purpose there's a male-centric environment that's allowing them to grow from each other, mentor one another. There's a, there's a sense of the, 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 the spine lengthening and strengthening, the shoulders come back. Um, they, 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 they feel understood and, and they're not shamed for their, for their masculinity. And, you know, one of the saddest things when the Boy Scouts mm -hmm. allowed girls into Boy Scouts was a quote I read in the newspaper. They asked a scoutmaster, how do you like having girls in your troop? And he said, we love having girls in our troop because they're smarter and they're better behaved. And I thought, oh my gosh, those poor boys. They're wow. So I mean, they're in an organization that has their name on it, for gosh sakes, but they're still being told, why can't you be like Susie? You know, why can't you sit still and pay attention? Wow. To so anywhere that boys go, they're being shamed in this way, subtly shamed. Men are being subtly shamed uh, just, just for the mere fact of being men. And I say this all the time. It's like boyhood is some kind of social disease that needs to be eradicated. Mm. It's like, you know, take the boy out of you. Uh, no, that 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 adventurous uh, spirit that we've crushed in so many boys and men are lacking that because they, they they it's not welcome in the culture. They rediscover that in the great outdoors along with other men, and it's just it's just a beautiful thing to see happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I just so appreciate the ministry that you guys have. Uh, one of the things that I want you to address before we get finished is you all have a, a booklet about raising godly boys that um, talks about a proven process for growing boys into godly men. And I know that a lot of the families who are listening in have boys. This is something that is on their heart. You know, how do we go about this as moms who are often the ones who are with the boys during the day the most? Um, you know, I think the insight you've given us already has been incredibly beneficial, but give us a little bit more about the, the way that you've kind of broken down how to raise godly boys. 
Yeah, well, we spent a long time looking at this and, and saying, you know, what's going on with boys? And, and the statistics, you know, are just, it's devastating. No one's really talking about it. Um, we can see the evidence of it uh, in, in, in men, uh, like I said, the suicide rates, the drug abuse, they're falling behind in every girl, boys are behind in every single academic category. They don't lead it. They used to lead in science and, and, and math. Now girls blow them away there. So every, every, every area boys, boys are falling behind, they're failing. And uh, so we looked at what's going on and what could be fixed. And we, we came to conclude so four basic, four basic things that are part of this, this process is boys are unguided, meaning that they don't have male mentors. Mm. Four boys doesn't have a father in the house. Seventy-eight percent of public school teachers are female. All they go to Sunday school and they're led by females. So they're led by women all over the place. They're they're ungrounded, mm -hmm. meaning that we've taken away the foundational truths. We used to count on absolute truths. Now, uh, I think thirty-eight percent of Americans no longer believe that the Bible is is the, the source of moral. I mean, God is the source of moral uh, a moral foundation of truth. So the boys don't have a truth to stand on anymore. Uh, they're unappreciated because we don't recognize that boys and girls are different than boys need learning environments and environments for growth. That's different than what we give girls. And they're uninspired because we've taken risk in competition. Boys need competition. They, there has to be something at stake in order for them to be engaged. So when they when we call them to the soccer field and we tell them we're not going to be keeping score, they're automatically not giving mm. their best. And we repeat that over and over in our culture where we don't, uh, where we're not keeping score. And uh, not, not just in sports, but in so many other areas, it's like there's no, there's no expectation. The, the expectations are lowered. And we're failing boys, not because we over challenge them. We're failing them because we have under challenged them. Boys need the risk, they need the competition. They need, they need a mountain to climb something in front of them. And we're afraid that we're going to hurt their, their tender emotions. So we don't set uh, these things in front of them anymore. And we're really doing them a disservice. So our proven process is we restore those things. We guide hmm. boys with great male mentors. We ground them because we're based on the word of God. We, we appreciate them because we design our program for the rough and tumble of boys. And we inspire them by giving them an awards program and challenges that are beyond them so that they can learn to do hard things. And that proven process turns boys into godly men. In fact, we guarantee it. Our church partners uh, I think in the introduction, you said almost 900 troops. We're, we're now at 933, I think, yesterday across the country. Yay! 933. Yeah, 933 churches across the country. So our our troop partners, uh, our, our troop and church partners are are, pro are providing these these opportunities and, and, and meeting these needs and inspiring uh, the boys. And we're turning it in godly men. But they charter with us and... We give them a guarantee. So we tell that church, if you don't see those boys being turned into godly men, you get your money back. <laughs> it's like, wow. That's crazy. You know, I was, I was a youth pastor for 15 years. And if a mom had come to me and said, hey, are you going to turn my boy into a godly man? I would be like, you know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. You know? <laughs> but uh, I definitely wouldn't have been, would not have been able to say, you know, I guarantee it or you'll get your tithe back or you'll get your offering back or whatever. But in Trail Life, we're so confident that this proven process works mm. that we actually give a money-back guarantee. We are seeing boys turn into godly men. And the secret we don't talk about a lot, but it's the truth, we're seeing men turned into godly men yep. in the ministry of Trail Life. Amen, amen. And I, I, that's one of the reasons why we so 
appreciate working with you guys. Um, we have prayed since we started Teach Them Diligently that God would use this as a revival movement across our country. And the way that you all are investing in men, strengthening those relationships, building, um, really, I, I think kind of building confidence in these men that they can lead and direct and shepherd hearts um, and disciple and do all of these things that they are now doing through Trail Life and their involvement with them is is just such an important part of, I believe, what God wants to do across the country. Um, and so we just, we really, really appreciate all that you all do. Um, and I want you to tell me, I just pulled up a page on your website that has all kinds of resources for raising boys, letting boys be boys, all of this stuff. How can our moms find this? And how can they get involved and get their husbands involved in trail life? Yeah, well, if you go to our website right now, you can download for free the book that we've been talking about, Raising Godly Boys, that, that gives that tells that proven process. In fact, the centerfold of the book is, is that proven process. You can download that for free right now at traillifeusa.com. And if you go to traillifeusa.com slash Raising Godly Boys, you'll find all sorts of resources, including the download. Uh, another book called Let Boys Be Boys, that's, that's free for download. That talks about uh, strategies uh, for, for, for raising boys and talks about really focuses on the difference between boys and girls and how it is that we specifically can minister to boys, whether you have one in your house or you're leading a Sunday school or a co-op or whatever. If you got boys around you, you need that book. Um, yeah. it's, it's a mini book, three simple strategies. You put them in, you immediately see, see results. You see, you see change. So I would encourage them to go to that trailfusa.com slash raising godly boys. Or if you just remember trailoffusa.com, that's fine. You can download Raising Guys the Boys. You can poke around there. You'll find all, all kinds of resources. We recently did uh, our interview with Focus on the Family. You'll find that that interview with, with Jim Daly on Focus on the Family, uh, I believe, on that on that, that same landing page. So um, invite them to be a part. Trailoffusa.com, you go to Get Connected, and it shows you how you can find a troop. Click on a map, mm. shows you a map in the United States. You can put in your zip code, and it'll show you troops that are nearby that you can get involved with. And if there isn't one, you click on start a troop and it shows you how to get the troop started in your community. Um, we need men. Um, if you don't yeah. have a son, son in your house, that's fine. We have thousands of them. We have over 15,000 volunteers and we have men in our program who do not have a son in the program, but they want to give back to the next generation. Mm -hmm. And they also secretly want to be part of a company of men who are focused on raising the next generation. They're, they're looking for a legacy. They're looking for something of meaning. You know, they've gone to their pastor and said, hey, I love Jesus. I really want to do something. And the pastor says, well, you know, you can help us park cars on Sunday morning. I mean, and, and that's helpful. And churches need that kind of help. But that may not be what was in that man's heart. It's not yeah. the same as, as going and taking on an enemy or taking on uh, something. A guy wants a challenge. And uh, so Trail of USA mm -hmm. gives him a company of men, a band of brothers that he can uh, – that he can make a difference in the next generation. Yeah, so, so good. And um, I encourage all of you all, we are going to list in the show notes all of these links. If you go to traillifeusa.com and get Raising Godly Boys, you're going to, from there, be able to get um, your boys' resources. It, in the middle of that, like he alluded to, the center of that book, there's a link, a QR code, all kinds of stuff to help you find even more resources to help you um, to help you raise your boys well. And I just, I cannot overemphasize 
the importance of that. So go check out Trail Life. Make sure that you download this book. All of these are quick reads, but they're so helpful and so impactful. So take the time to look into those. Check out Find a Truth Near You. You will be so glad that you did. Um, so Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. So thank you for spending your time. Thank you. I always enjoy talking to you, Leslie. You do a great job on in these interviews. Well, thank you. Thank you. Even when I don't have a voice to actually to actually <laughs> jump in. <laughs> I got to tell you, that's, that was thrilling to me. It's like, I get to talk as much as I want. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And everything that you shared, I, uh, this was really an excellent episode. So thank you for all of that. To everyone else listening, and thank you for joining us today. I am confident that this has been a help and an encouragement for you. Go check out Trail Life USA. Look into the resources that they have. Find a troop near you. You will be so glad that you did. Um, get your husbands, get your boys involved in these um, because this will truly change your family for the better. It will set your boys and your your um, those those young men that you're trying to raise. It'll set them on a path that you will be so glad they are on. So go to TrailLifeUSA.com to learn more about them. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.